bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Scott, Scott, I'm back. It's Dwight. I'm back. I'm here to celebrate your birthday month or something of that nature. Um, but I need to just talk to you really quickly. Um, what, what are you doing? Oh, I'm so glad that you're... Uh, incoming message from the big giant head. For your birthday month, we are going to be doing Third Rock for the Sun for the first episode. I'll just... I'll, I'll see myself out. This Transmission a little too ending in three, I'm two... To Dwight, what are you doing here? I'm, I'm just leaving. No, no, it's, no, it's no, been, no, no. It was cool. Uh, no, no, no. Come come back. We're, we're, gonna, we're, we're watching Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, okay. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Where is it? Right here. In three, two, one. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Here's a couple of acres. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. How'd you die? How old are you? Because you could be 20-something, but you could also be a teenager. You don't have to be me. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Rogers Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerland. And I'm Dwight Stearns with the fancy new microphone. Well, this is kind of neat. I don't know when you, when did you start doing this? Almost a year ago. <laughs> Almost a year ago. So that tells you how long it's been since I've been on <laughs> one of these. Because I, the last time I did this. We got them in August. Okay. Oh, really? I thought I recorded in October. I, we recorded spooky yeah, stuff. Yeah, but they were, they were packed away. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Still, this is new to me. It's fun. Yeah. Different. <laughs> weird right yeah, not weird so much as just new unique like uh it feels almost more uh, cash relaxed and improvisational i don't know okay i, like I need it. a location and i need a place and then <laughs> yes and, and. Then, yes and that's it i never did improv i it's yes and that's it oh it. i did the i hosted the improv group at college uh what were we called Improverish lifestyle. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's not too bad. Um, I've never like I've I've seen improv shows, but and I, I but yeah, this is we saw we watched Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> yeah. So so Sorry. June we're doing. I'm being a narcissist and and doing my birthday month to celebrate like the stuff that I love. So, so it's everything that you want. 
Yes. So I wanted to do my favorite TV show with my favorite guy. Oh. And he said no. So. <laughs> oh, and that's why I'm here. That makes sense. Okay, that's <laughs> just fair. Kidding. That's fair. That's no, fair. I no, wanted to do okay. my favorite TV show with my favorite guy. Oh, well, that's so, awesome. So. Uh, yeah, Third Rock from the Sun has always been my favorite TV show of all time. That's awesome. Um, I think, so Jonah Ray has a theory that like when you're 10 or 11, that's when you watch like the TV shows and the movies that like, like impact your life and they become your favorite. Um, that makes sense. Like TV shows. Uh-huh. Uh, can you just do me a favor? Can you just close the blind? Oh, yeah, sure. Stella will start barking. I'm too busy seeing everything out. Yeah, Stella wasn't here last time I was here either. <laughs> but anyways. So, uh, yeah, when I was 10 years old, that's when I started watching Third Rock from the Sun because that's when it had its first season. Mm-hmm. And then I also saw The Sting for the first time when I was 10 as well. So those were like my favorite things. Formative years. But we're not like doing that. The Sting for the, for one of the two movies. That <laughs> we're not doing The Sting. Very fair. So Third Rock from the Sun, um, I remember watching it growing up, um, but I never got into it into it like i would if it was on i would watch it and like i really liked um john lithgow's performance and i love joseph gordon love it um i really enjoyed <laughs> well he's just dreamy obviously I, I preferred when he cut his hair um because with his long hair i think he looks a little bit weird well there's a joke they make the same joke twice they make it once in the first season or this yeah the first season um his girlfriend august is mad at him and says she's just going to cut his split ends and she cuts his ponytail in half. So he has like a Mary Tyler Moore bob. (laughs) And he's like, I didn't know you could do that. And then he does that same joke again when he, they need to do this American life. Like they're being interviewed by this magazine about Mm -hmm. Dick being the all American family, a single dad raising a son with his sister and his brother. Oh, Um, So he's like, I'm going to get a haircut, but it was really because he was going to be in, 10 things I hate about Yeah, the actual moving on with his career. No, I'm wrong. It was because he was going to be in Halloween Water. I've never heard of Halloween Water. Halloween H2O. Oh! <laughs> I gotcha. Okay, fair. I look like a fool now because Halloween's one of my favorite franchises. Yes, and that's another reason why I picked this episode is because it's Nightmare on Dick Street. Mm, yeah, I'm which... a big horror boy, so Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, that's right up there for you. So the the gimmick of this episode specifically is that each of the four principal characters have uh, dreams for, according to this episode, the first time, according to you, that was a lie. So um, I don't know if that can, whether it's a lie or not, because in the episode where they all get the flu, Harry has a fever dream mm-hmm. where he is... Uh, it's uh, him and Martha Stewart, and he's like, I'm dying. And she's like, you can't die until you have this apple cobbler. And he's like, mm. if you haven't been able to tell, Harry is my favorite character. French Stewart's amazing. Yeah. So, okay, that makes some sense then, because in the show, they he references that he might know what a dream is. Yeah, and then he like they they joke it away. Yeah, um, and then they never address like when the other three dream they freak out about it, but he just kind of whatever's. Yeah, so that actually okay that makes some sense. So like because I guess a fever dream is different than like a regular nightmare. Have you ever had a fever dream? Yeah, yeah, I me too. Like um, a fever dream is weird because at least for me it was this weird 
awake slash sleep state and I was like almost like hallucinating things that were like happening to me and it felt a lot more real than a dream and I just felt super super tired so I could see how he could misinterpret that from an actual dream where real dreams are so you don't have a grasp on reality or at least when I do it I don't yeah yeah (laughs) I don't know. We're getting esoteric with this one. No, yeah, I'm, I'm um, all chilling, just relaxing on your couch with a microphone. This is neat. <laughs> and this is how I get you back for more. Yeah, episodes. I see this. Yeah, I can this sit is... on the comfy couch with a microphone in my gullet. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not eating the microphone, am I? This is no. It even if you did eat the mic because the the wind socks on it, it's fine. Oh, that's good. I can just replace it with a different wind sock. That's all. Oh. <laughs> so, um. So why did you pick this episode? This has always, there's been two episodes of Third Rock. Technically, if you want to get technical, it's three episodes because this is considered two episodes. Yeah, I saw it was a two-parter like with a continue screen in between, which is interesting because did they air back-to-back or did they air? It was an hour-long block. So, okay. so the season finale was uh, sponsored by Barks Root Beer. For limited commercial interruption. Oh, okay. Um, and of course, all of the commercials were Barks Root Beer commercials. I don't remember that. Obviously, I did not watch this uh, live, but that's pretty cool. Because uh, I, it was on too late. It was on at nine o'clock at night, and I had to be in bed because I was ten years old. I had to be in bed at you know. You know, we were just talking about this. I was talking about this with my wife because um, we were talking about. Like, we uh, get it. You have a wife. Tell cool. me, you, uh, <laughs> um, Tiffany. She's been on the podcast once. Um, <laughs> We were talking about like bedtimes for kids and I just couldn't remember when my bedtime was when I was younger because we were talking about like six or seven year olds and apparently they go to bed at like eight o'clock, seven thirty. It was when I was six. It was seven o'clock. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. That just seems so my my grasp on that time frame of my life has been so drastically. I forgot about it. When I was 10, it became eight thirty. Okay. And then when I was 11 it became nine o'clock and then when i got to high school i needed to be in my my room mm-hmm. by 10 but it was but they didn't pay attention or like whatever. lights out but i could have my tv on for or... high school i had to get up at 5 30 in order to get to school on time um so 650. i would have to, i would have to go to bed really early but i never did i had really bad insomnia in high school i was always tired Anyways, Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> yeah, so the the weird part is that my favorite show is Third Rock from the Sun, created yeah, by Bonnie and Terry Turner, and your favorite TV show is that '70s show. Which, if you're if you're going into what you were talking about, where what you see when you're younger um, has a big impact with you, and that's what sticks with you, uh, that makes perfect sense because I remember being in sixth grade when I first started watching that '70s show. I was watching it with a group of my friends, and we all just loved it so much. Um, so yeah, that's like something that has super stuck with me and I can see the influence from Third Rock. Like the the tone of it is very similar, the joke structure is Taking very similar. Taking place in the Midwest. Exactly. Yeah. It um even not not the characters because obviously the premise is so far out there, but just like like I said the structure of their jokes and like the delivery and the secondary timing. characters are very similar. Like Okay, uh, like, can, can you show me an example? Because I don't remember very so, much about Third Rock. So, like, Miss Dubchek was a very sex-positive uh, landlady. Okay. And then you have someone like um, uh, 
Kitty. Okay. Who is who is you know she's ma- a mom, but she can be dirty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, her and Red were very dirty with each other. Then so you have Don, um, the police officer, mm-hmm. and Judith, who could be interchangeable for um, what was uh Bob Pinciotti? I was gonna say like Bob. Bob Pinciotti is Don, and hater, then. Hater. And then who was the? That's funny because uh, the guy who played um, Bob, I believe his name was Don. Don Stark. Yep. Yeah, but who was the woman after his wife left him? Uh, Midge, and then after Midge, um, before was Brooke Shields. Yeah, Joanne and and Judith are oh, very okay. similar. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Judith is the one who's like very like dry deadpan. Yeah. Man. yeah. Definitely. I'm so happy for you. Yep. Yep. I hope you're as happy as I am. Yeah, Joanne is like a more. Re- more real version of that like uh she just like no nonsense like very like straight lined type of stuff so um, yeah that makes perfect sense yeah, yeah i can see the parallels so what i love about third rock from the sun is the entire show really rests on the chemistry between the four characters mm-hmm. i mean john lithgow is so good on this show he is he's he amazing is. To have the childlike whimsy. Oh, I didn't even say the other episode that I was going to pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So the other episode was, it was between these two, and then the other one was when they're trying to find out. It's called A Dick Like Me, or Dick Like Me. Okay. Every episode, except for the first episode, the pilot has Dick in the title. That's just, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Dick and the Single Girl is the name of an episode. (laughs) But uh, Dick Like Me is they're trying to figure out their their ethnicity, what they are, okay. and then they find out they're Jewish because Miss Dubchek goes, uh, yeah, I was married to, you know, um, uh, a Ukrainian, and then uh, my second husband was one of your people, and they're like, <gasps> one of our people? <laughs> you know, Jewish. And he goes, Jewish! <laughs> yeah, and there was a good Jewish joke in this episode. Um, uh, Harry. Yeah, Harry had the... The sacking, the, the be-sacking of the groom is a time-honored <laughs> tradition. tradition. What kind of tradition? I want to go with Jewish. <laughs> French was... Stewart is by far my favorite character. Harry is so good on... Yeah, Not he... just this episode, just in general. I always enjoyed him. Um, I'm pretty sure Joseph Gordon-Lovett was my favorite character growing up. Because um, he was a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I identified with him, and and I liked the joke that he was actually an adult in a, in a kid's body. Yeah, Sorry he was me. 157 years old. Which is, like, obviously astronomically old, especially when it's somebody who's being a kid, so that's just a funny juxtaposition. Like, and, uh, there's one episode where, oh, it, it's the dick like me one, um... He uh, shows up at Dick's office and calls him Dick. And Mary's like, you call your dad Dick? And he goes, when he was little, I used to call him Peanut and walks right <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's just jokes like that. I love just the writing. Bonnie and Terry Turner, if you don't know who they are, not only did they create this show and that 70s show, they also wrote Wayne's World 1 and 2. Really? Tommy Boy. Oh, that's right. The Coneheads, they used to write on Saturday Night Live. That's where they met. Like, they were showrunners for the longest time on SNL. They're they're still working nowadays. I think that they're doing The Ranch, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think I, so. They didn't create it, but I think I they're, like they, they've, they've they're showrunners. I, I think they're the showrunners for I mean, obviously, like, The Ranch is objectively a bad show. I still watch it and enjoy it because it's... It feels like 70s show because it's all directed by David Trainer, who um, directed every single episode of that 70s show. Yeah. So, 
but it, now, it's, now it's cool it doesn't have now it has Dak Shepard instead. I haven't watched the new season with him because yeah. uh, Danny Masterson did some bad, 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 bad boy things and got kicked off the show. <laughs> him him and his wife together. Yeah, apparently she's a nutso too, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's normal here, not normal, but he's a dude. But she's well, are just, any of us insane. normal? No, obviously not. But so this episode is. Uh, the the Cliff Notes version from IMDb said, uh, the four uh, aliens sleep for the first time and experience dreams, which is not true because they've slept many times. I was going to say, sleep for the first times does not seem accurate to me. Dream but, for the first time makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. But I love in this episode, so Dick is, what causes it all is, Mary's about to leave for Borneo. Because she is an anthropologist. Yes. And so, yeah, she had applied for this um, trip, basically. And she's going to be gone away for going away for a year. Yes. And uh, Nina is like, uh, oh, he said, uh, Dick goes, she can't leave. We just bought a fondue pot. And Nina, who was always one of my favorite characters, goes, it's going to take more than warm cheese to keep her here. And he goes, like an electric blanket? <laughs> The, I, I like that because the in the next scene they're eating from the fondue pot. <laughs> the look on your face when she goes, "Oh, I dropped my toast point," and when he sticks his hand in, <laughs> I was not expecting that. Um, so that actually brings me to a point that I wanted to bring up um, about just the the version of the show that we watched. Sorry to shift from the plot. That's fine. But, um, so we were watching this on Amazon Prime, I mm-hmm. believe it was. And I, oh, I know what you're going to say. Exactly. The first thing I noticed was it was filling up your entire widescreen TV. Because of the company who bought it. Oh, really? Film okay. Rise transferred it into HD. Yeah. So the HD transfer of this is 16 by 9, which is not how it was natively aired. It was natively aired in 4 by 3 aspect ratio because obviously it's from the 90s and we didn't believe in anything other than that back then because everybody in their t- in their in had their a tube television in their house had a 4 by 3 television. And so in order to transfer this up to HD, they clearly just cropped the top and bottom of the um of the frame and I don't like when shows do that. Um, it just really, it rem- it kills how the show was originally intended to be seen. It, it destroys a lot of framing. And, um, just like the certain shots look off. And in this yeah, case, when it you showed me joke. when you showed me Dragon Ball Z, yeah. you, you we were watching it, and you're like, "That's supposed to be a car. You can't yeah, see you it. You can't see it because yeah, because the way it clips. I I don't like it when things do that. And in this one, it kills a joke because after Dick um, burns his hand in the cheese, he sticks it into something off screen and you find out later it's an ice bucket, but you can't see that. So it just like kind of kills some of that momentum. That was the only thing that I actively noticed. Um, I noticed one other thing when he goes on to the tranquilizers Uh and he's looking at the water wave. Yes. It's like not even on screen. You can't even see that he's looking at like in the nineties kids, there was this thing you could buy a, a little glass thing that would rock back and forth vertically and it would make waves. It, it's almost like a like a water version of the uh, Lava New, lamp. Newton's cradle. Oh, yeah. Like, um, just like something, it was like a desk ornament that you would just stare at and, and enjoy. Yeah, and working. you couldn't see it. So, um, so uh, one bagel, the show's ruined. <laughs> hell no. Um, but the main reason why I, I wanted to talk about this one over the, um, 
dick like me one mm-hmm. was because of the actual us being film students who went to film school mm-hmm. their dreams are shot on film using like different technology yep. for certain things and they're they're based on uh different time periods like dick's dream is they're they're all within the 1940s 1960s film movement so dick is supposed to be like mccarthyism sci-fi like invasion of the body snatchers um, mm-hmm. Sally is based on Fellini, like hardcore. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, well, in the first opening shot, I saw the plane and it looked almost like, you know, that classic runway. Here's looking at you, kid. Yeah, Casablanca. Casablanca. But then as soon as like she exited, I was like, oh, okay, I see. What, yeah. And I see the what sexy flight attendants yeah. came out. Yeah. Um, I still don't know what, uh, what Tommy's is. My guess is it's. 1930s like jungle movies like like tarzan and the serials and mm-hmm. um and then it just goes into south pacific which is weird <laughs> tommy's um to me was the most dreamlike from a sense of nothing there was no logic to it it was very dream logic yes yeah, so and when you're a teenage boy you want to bang your teacher so obviously but like he starts off in a jungle and then he like swings a vine into school and then from the school he goes to like a, a a boat yep and then from the boat he goes to a desert island and from the desert island he bangs his teacher <laughs> i don't remember what else he does in there but like he oh and then he's like starts hallucinating that he's in a desert this is before the boat he's in a desert and like there's that all these monuments and stuff like that his was the most dream logic in that sense but Every, it's the worst of the four yeah well it, i think it is the worst of the four just be, from a standpoint of they were trying something very experimental and they did not have the budget or technology to pull it off. Well, they do experimental with Dick's dream and that's just amazing. Well, yeah, but Dick's, Dick's was my favorite. Um, Dick's is my, Dick's is my second favorite. Dick's was easily my favorite because his was all, you know, practical stuff and there was a lot of camera movements. Here's my theory on this. So the first two, um, Dick's and Sally's were took up the budget. <laughs> they took up the budget, and they were the ones that because that was in the first episode. So I'm, I don't know how they they budgeted this or structured it, but the first two, um, Dick's and Sally's were in the first episode, and they felt very loose and handheld, and it was clear that they had shot it uh, on a film camera. And the other two, um, was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character's name? Not Tommy. Harry. Tommy. Tommy and Harry. Get so, it? Dick, Tom, and Harry. Every yes. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yep. I knew that there was that joke in there somewhere. Um, so theirs felt more sitcom-y on a soundstage, on a, like, in a studio shot like with the standard type of cameras. Right. I might be wrong because um, you had said they were all on film, but those two didn't look the same to me. They looked different right. from the... I think it was just because they weren't the handheld style with weird close-ups and everything that the other two were, that Sally and Dick's were. Um, they just felt different. And I'm assuming that's because it was in the second episode and they'd either use up all their budget or they had Well, just... this was one long episode. It was just the second half of the hour-long episode. True, but there was a specific... There was two credit sequences. There was two... Yeah. Like, um, when, so... Yeah, so the way they did it is they... For syndication... Mm-hmm. That's how. Oh, they, they added it for syndication. That's how yeah. it is on the on the. That's Blu-ray why. And DVDs. the the thing that I like is in the second part, every two part episode, Tommy is the one because he's the information officer. Mm-hmm. He's the one doing the recap. Yeah. And I always thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that is really smart. Because they tried it once with John Lithgow, and they're like, "This isn't working. It doesn't flow. It doesn't make sense." I can see that. 
Um, and Harry's is my favorite dream because uh, on your podcast on No Refunds, uh, you had me do my top five favorite movies, and I did my top five favorite movies about making movies. Yes. And Singing in the Rain is one of my favorite movies of mm-hmm. all time, and I've showed it to Haley, and she she didn't like it. <laughs> She's <sighs> she she thought it was fine. She thought it was fine, mm-hmm. but it was like. After a while, she couldn't stand. Oh, what's her name? The one who always talks like this. Oh, mutual, I'm sure. I know that's not her, but yeah. yes, the ones who talk. I think it's the same actress. It's possible. It's it's that like annoying, stereotypical talking yeah. from that time period. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Also, she she could tell that Gene Kelly in real life was not a very nice man. <laughs> Ooh. So you had said that the suit that Harry is wearing in his is the actual suit is, yes. from from that. So MGM rented out Gene Kelly's suit. So he, Harry's Dream is my favorite. It's a musical number written by Randy Newman from at the time uh, in 1996. Randy Newman was doing a musical based on Faust. Okay. And the devil sings this song, Life Has Been Good to Me. Life has been good to me. I got very few complaints so far. Life has been good to me. Hope you're as happy wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is a song he wrote for something else? Yes. And he just happened to... Yeah, really like, he's like, hey, you want to use my song? Sure, no problem. <laughs> good Life has been good to me. Um, and I think because of the style for Harry's, that's what I'm saying, Like, because it's all like one flat shot. And obviously it's shot like a uh, 1950s musical. Um, it, it felt very um, West Side Story to me. Like, oh, like totally. Like a, a tracking shot. Not of just, just like that. Because they're in the streets. But like the everything. Fred Astaire, like Ginger Rogers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because like in Top Hat with Fred Astaire, um, when they do the heaven, they start out in three different rooms. They start out like in the foyer and then they start dancing mm-hmm. and then they dance into the living room and then they dance into... The balcony. Okay. I've never seen Top Hat, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get uh, out. I'm not a big, like, musical guy, especially not classical musicals. Yeah. Um, I just I, love I know, everything I film. Yes, I know that. Yeah. I am I am a big film hack. I like, like, three genres, and I've seen, like, five movies. Yeah, so. after I gave my my top uh, top five list, <laughs> after we were recording, you're like, why didn't you do any black exploitation films? I was very shocked that you didn't. Like, that's what I know about you, is you like your black exploitation. Yeah, like, I could easily just do them right now. Say, what's your top five black exploitation films? Uh, number one, of course, is Shaft. Yeah. Then there is... The 1990s Shaft, I, right? I, I actually <laughs> like I like the 2000 Shaft better oh, than... Oh, 2000? I thought it was yeah, the it's, 90s. Yeah, that's actually, we're doing that this month. So, oh, are you? Oh. <laughs> um... Uh, in anticipation of the new one yes i'm so excited um <laughs> the original shaft is is my number one and i always get uh cleopatra jones is number two mm-hmm. um superfly is three now for a pam greer movie i can't decide between coffee and foxy brown i'm gonna go with coffee and then blackula is number five of I was course if blackula was gonna be of on course there. blackula's on the Fair. okay blackula well, blackenstein and the blunch black a bloater blame good um simpsons reference yes and i am sorry that i keep on derailing our, our conversation that's fine um i've missed this so third rock from the sun so yeah i mean 
So your favorite dream is dicks. dicks. Just mine, because, mine is Harry's, mm-hmm. followed by dicks. When I was younger, I used to hate Sally's, but now I like it. But now, having gone to film school, mm-hmm. it's slowly becoming my favorite. I like Sally's a lot. Um, so Sally's is she gets off like a plane, and then she's uh, does it just go straight into it, the dance sequence? No, no. So so. I the, it's super Italian new wave because oh, yeah, right, like there's um... so so she's speaking in in Italian for a good chunk of the thing and then mm-hmm. Don shows up yeah. so and then Dennis she, Nedry she goes like... to um lunch mm-hmm. and she orders the world and takes a big bite out that's of it. right yeah 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 and that was the, cool I liked that part and they were doing some relatively creative stuff with like um transitions in that because like they were panning uh across the uh, dinner table and like as they were doing that things were like appearing and disappearing and like it was like cutting between two scenes it was i liked that a lot i said while we were watching it it, this feels like my first experimental movie absolutely absolutely you said it felt like student films and it definitely truly does um yeah i just love everything about the the dream sequences but I love in the actual story, the whole thing is Dick needs to decide whether or not to marry Mary, and it ends with oh, yeah. him going crazy. We never actually talked about the plot. Well, you had said she was going to Borneo, and Dick, in order to keep get her to stay, thinks has to propose. He wants to propose to her, yes. So he ends up going to a psychiatrist, and <laughs> the psych- he, he thinks that a psychiatrist just rips out your brain, gives it a once-over, and puts it back in your skull. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, much to his chagrin, he finds out that's not true. <laughs> so, like, he goes through, he finds out that it's confidential, and the doctor is like, no, anything we say is just between you and I. And he goes, I'm an alien from another planet. I don't belong here, and I'm scared to get married. Okay, let's go into this. Yes. Let's break this down. My favorite part of that scene was outside of all that stuff, is um, at the very end of it, uh, the doctor is just like, here, take these pills that I already have in a prescription bottle right here for you. These will help you. It just, nope, like... This is the first time he's met him and he's already actively prescribing him like something that obviously we don't know how this how it will affect alien physiology. Hey, where the night? Well, okay, so yeah, I mean, I, for all we know it could have killed it could have been poison for aliens. Right, but, but it's obviously but not. The way, but the way the way it works is they have all of it, they have the mo- molecular structure of a human being. Oh, okay, okay. So they can get sick like us. They it's basically... I don't know my third rock from the sun lore. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's okay. No, this is why we have you here. Um, so basically, they're in human bodies, so they feel and think like humans do. They have our genealogy because once they beamed down to Earth, then they... Um, or when they beam down to a location, they develop that genetic structure. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's just... That's how they do it. It's fair. So, all right. So, okay. So, my uh, initial concern about them potentially getting killed by these pills is, is moot. But it's still silly that he gave them something that was clearly like drugs. Yeah, hardcore drugs that were like massively affecting, like oxycontin. Him. Yeah, like because he was like, <laughs> yeah, and then it incapacitates Sally. Yep, because Sally has a dream as well and freaks out. My two favorite jokes, um. Actually, three favorite jokes. Just go with four. I'm trying to think <laughs> if there is a fourth. No, my three favorite jokes, invo- one of them involves the pills because it's uh, 
when Tommy is, he's like, I'm high commander now. Oh, let's give him the salute. And they end up throwing him the pills. Yep. It's get rid of these. And Harry opens up the thing and, and then just sticks them all in his mouth. Like drinks them all. <laughs> and uh... then they're like, no, 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 no. And he spits them out. Um, Harry, Harry actually delivers my favorite line of the entire series. In this episode? In this or... episode. So my favorite, like, slow burn joke is at the end so the whole thing is they send uh harry as the transmitter he's like a communications officer he's basically a radio yeah like he's he's a robot i did not remember this from the show at all like i said i only watched it like in passing growing up so he is like the transmitter like he's the person who actively connects to the giant head i feel like i remember seeing the giant head there's a giant yeah, yeah it's shatner Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. William Shatner. So, so for that, we will get back to my joke. Uh, but when Shatner came, they meet him at the airport, and he goes, "Oh my God, I thought I saw something on the wing of the plane." And John Lithgow goes, "Me too." <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Because <laughs> like they they show Dick going on a plane in season one, um, when it's. Uh, when it starts to snow, he sees snow for the first time, and right before the plane takes out, he goes, there's something on the wing of the plane, and they kick him off. For reference... Uh, we already did the Twilight Zone the movie. We did Twilight Zone the movie, and Shatner was in the original Twilight Zone episode. I realize, yes, I know we did Twilight Zone the movie. Do you really expect everybody, like, if somebody, if this is their first episode listening, Scott, they haven't listened to episode, what was it, like 20? Yeah. And this is, what, episode 80-something? Maybe ninety. Ninety something? Yeah, okay. Okay. If, give if, people some slack. <laughs> or if they're listening out of order, we have a continuity. So you missed like so much. Yeah, it's insane. I became a cyborg at one point. It's yeah. nuts. Uh, I've uh, Scott died and has been resurrected at least four times. Yes, I, I'm I'm a regular uh Groot. <laughs> yeah, I am currently uh back from the future. Uh, and I've already fixed my kids. Nice space boots. Thank you. Um, they themselves. So, yeah, my favorite Harry joke is when Dick decides to stay on Earth. So they send... Harry is the transmitter. He sends the signal. They come back saying, um, yeah, we're, we're picking you up at 8.51 and eight, between 8.51 and 8.53. And if anyone has ever been on the phone with an automated thing that tells you the time of when you have to be somewhere, mm-hmm. oh, it's hell. <laughs> um, and then he said, on your ride home, you'll be watching a tin cup with Kevin Costner and Renee Russo. That is a joke that I that tickles me because if my family and I, we used to travel to Albany, New York to see my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And in the hotel rooms, they would have like the movies that are on pay-per-view, like on a little paper thing right above the TV. Okay. And every time we would go over the summer, the movie they tried to get you to watch over and over (laughs) again was Tin Cup with fucking Kevin Costner and Renee Russo, directed by Ron Shelton. Like, like. It was ridiculous, and that joke always made me because laugh. Of that, that's awesome. I was like, I, "Hey, they do it here too." Um, I've never seen Tin Cup, but my so. favorite joke is when they're gonna leave Dick behind, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Are you sure?" And Mary walks in, and he goes, "More than anything, well, we'll be leaving now. Stop off at at the store and pick up some milk. It's a school night. Oh, it's a." 
I got to remember the whole thing. It's Sally goes, we're leaving now. Dick goes, go to the store and pick up some milk. Tommy says, I'll be at the mall if you need me. Dick goes, don't stay out too late. It's a school night and you know I worry. And my favorite joke is Harry going, come to the store, Dick. <laughs> Our coupons are in your car. They've always been in your car. It's okay. <laughs> the dogs yeah, you just, just scared the dogs. It was loud. <laughs> They're like, what is going on? Where are the coupons? <laughs> what are coupons? What's a car? Yeah. Um, they know what a car is. Yeah. That is my favorite joke. Come to the store, Dick. Our coupons are in your car. It's a good joke. Yep. Good also, sh- uh, I love everything about you, Mary. You're every nook and cranny, especially your cranny. cranny. That was uh, that was the biggest laugh of the episode for me. That was funny. <laughs> Not the uh, let's take a spin on those teacups. No, that was good too. No, actually, not just I think my favorite, my biggest laugh was the pills. That was uh, when when French Stewart just downs the pills. <laughs> that was hysterical. He does that all the time. Um, you mentioned Dennis Nedry. Do- Wayne Knight plays Don Orville. Is his name? Mm-hmm. He is. <laughs> he is the greatest when he interacts with Sally because every time he talks to her he talks like a 1950s detective <laughs> and uh, in the election episode uh, he says to Sally you and your brother are getting in too deep running in this election you have a nice pair of getaway sticks use them <laughs> and, well, uh, yeah because he was talking about like because after Sally comes in as being all crazy to him sure like, she's crazy she, but she's got legs up to her head up to her face, up, up to her face. sorry <laughs> like because the, the way he says it is I love how he just goes face now was was he a very recurring character on this show uh I think in season three he becomes a regular okay because I that's why Did, he became the angel in uh, that episode of. Well, okay, if we want to talk about stuff like that, um, Joseph Gordon Lovett was also on an episode of that seventy show. He, he was, was supposed to be a recurring character. He was, and I'm pissed. Like I didn't know that until later because he plays Buddy Eric's uh, gay friend who has a crush on Eric. And if the show had done that, that would have been super cool. But like, people at Fox were so uncomfortable yeah, with the gay it. character in 1998. Yeah, I mean, I I understand. Uh, yeah, but then I'm he became Joseph Gordon-Levitt, so yeah, right, obviously. But no, that was really cool. Yeah. Um I yeah, mean, and then also at the same time when he was doing this, he was also doing Seinfeld. Well, here's the thing with the Seinfeld stuff cuz I never watched Seinfeld growing up. He was only in like seven or eight episodes for Seinfeld. He was not in that many. Newman? If, if I'm not mistaken, it I was... I thought he was in at least 20. Maybe that, but it, but maybe it was 20, but it was still like... It's less than I'm, you would think. It's 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 less than you would think because they had like 200 or something. Yeah. And like for as popular of a character that he is, he was not in nearly as much as you would think. No. If I remember, like I... I'll, once again, disclaimer, I i don't like Seinfeld. I've never been like that big of a fan of it. So I don't, I'm mostly talking out of my ass. But so it, it's interesting to me because I always remembered Wayne Knight, obviously, as Dennis Nedry and must have been from this show. Because, it had to be. Because if he's much more of a recurring character on Not this, as the talking suit from My, fa- uh, my Favorite Martian. No. Oh my God. Wait, is that the, you're talking about the one with Christopher Lloyd? Yeah, he's the suit. I did not know that. Yeah, he's the suit. Okay, weird. And I, he's I, Big Al's toy barn or whatever. Yes, yeah. yes, I know that. I've only seen My Favorite Martian once in theaters, um, <laughs> and I've never seen it again. I could have saw it in theaters, but I decided to go with my friends to see She's All That. That doesn't and, 
Well, she's all that was pretty good. Wait, which no, 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 no. I'm thinking of Ten Things I Hate About You. Ten Things I Hate About You is amazing. She's all that is the uh, the one that they mock in not another teen movie. The yes. one where she like comes down the stairs and yep, yep. I remember that one. Um, yeah. So Wayne Knight was like on this show. He is so good because I love how he goes from being like a nerdy nebbish guy, but when Sally's around, he has like unflappable uh, confidence. Yeah, and I liked. Um, just their dynamic seemed really fun in this episode. Like she's like clearly head over heels in love with him and is like trying to help him out. Yeah, they address why that is. It's oh, really? because he is the only person who doesn't try and sleep with her or treat her like a oh. sex object. He respects her for the woman she is. He's in love with her, mm-hmm. but not because she's beautiful. Uh, oh, because that's good. she's strong. Okay, uh, sorry. I just need to correct myself. I was way off. He was in forty-eight episodes, which is quite a bit. So I'm I'm wrong. Yeah, but if there's like, if there's For over a hundred and something episodes, then he's not in half of them. Yeah, yeah. There's a hundred and eighty. Um, but like, sorry to shift over this, but it's almost like in. Do you watch It's Always Sunny? Yeah. Artemis is only in like fifteen episodes. She is. Yeah, it's something really small. Like uh, once again, like I'm, rickety cricket. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like they're in like an episode a season, or maybe two episodes a season. But or that's, the Opoils. Yeah, the Opoils are like barely in it at all anymore. But like, they're so like everyone loves them. Yeah, but I think that's because the main actors who play the Opoils have become very successful. Well, I know Jimmy Simpson has. Yes, I don't know about the other one. But Jimmy Simpson is the type of guy. I know we're getting distracted from <laughs> well, third yeah. rock, oh, but Jimmy Simpson is the type of guy who who is grateful for the work that he gets, that he comes back. Like like in Psych, he has loved that he had that role. And even though they killed his character off, he always comes back for the movies in like a dream sequence. Oh, really? I've never actually um, watched Psych. He plays Mary Lightly is his name. That's a, that's a funny name. Huh. My father's name was Mary, and his father's name was Mary, and his father's name was Craig. That's the I, joke. I, I, that's the joke. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty um, decent joke. Uh, so yeah, I I just I love Wayne Knight. I love Art- oh my god, Artemis uh, has been in exactly fifteen episodes. Wow, which is nuts. Like there's that's over a hundred episodes of Sunny. That's so. weird. Anyway, that's so weird, right? Like, and like you, th- it's weird to me when you think about characters on TV shows that have made such a big impact. Like the, the, they feel like important pieces of the fabric of a show. And they're barely in it. Yeah, like Miss Dubchek, mm-hmm. she she's barely in the show. She'll show up occasionally, say something, I'm horny, and then like walk away. Yeah. But like there are times when she hasn't even been in the show. And um uh what's her name? Uh Judith is another person on the show. She's I think this season was the season she was in it the most, season mm-hmm. two. And season one and two were so solid for for a third rock from the sun, John Lithgow won the Emmy both years. Oh, nice! Um, That's great. Yeah, he he won it for a while, and then like Monk came on and he stopped winning. That's how Emmys work, which is weird. Is like as soon as somebody comes in with something like strong, 
Jim Parsons won like three years in a row. Exactly. Like you tend to win in like chunks. Like if you look at the way it is, I think like Alan Arkin won like six times for MASH or something like that. Like Alan Alda. Alda. Sorry, not Alan Arkin. Alan Alda. You're right. (laughs) But like it was things like that or like. like What the hell are you talking about? I was (laughs) never on MASH. (laughs) If a show comes in that's like successful in in like with the the Emmy crowd, it tends to be the one like for its run. It wins. Like like uh for Thirty Rock, Tina Fey always mm-hmm. won. Yep, um, Cranston won oh. consistently for Breaking Bad, and then Aaron Paul didn't win until the final year. Exactly, like it's so it's things like that that like it's trends like that that are interesting to f- note. So it's cool that Lithgow won for those and times that he did. And the the two versions of Dick he's played because like in season one at the end of season one beginning of season two. There is an alien who goes rogue, who is hell-bent on world domination, poses as Dick, Mm -hmm. as the new high commander, and then he plays both characters. And the way he plays them is so differently. He plays Dick like Dick, and he plays the other one more like, um, remember Santa Claus the movie? Not the Santa Claus uh, the one that was... He's in it. The, the, he's the bad guy. Wait a minute. Santa Claus. This is the one... That, yes, yes. With he, Dudley he, Moore. He, he's a crazy like toy conglomerate yep. or something like that. And it looks like um, the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He plays it exactly like that role. And and he even has his maniacal laugh, <laughs> which is such a detail. Was John Lithgow the bad guy in a Muppets movie too? Or am no, I making that Chris up? Chris Cooper was. Chris Cooper. Okay, okay. It was... It's like the same character though from the... Uh, the Super Santa Claus movie, if I remember. Yeah, so it feels like it. Like it's weird. The bad guys in Muppet movies, like you have Chris Cooper, you have um, Charles Durning, you have oh, who was the other one? Um, Charles Grodin. Okay, I don't remember the dad from Beethoven. Oh my God, really? Yeah, that's too funny. So yeah, um, Lithgow, his him playing Dick is just like. Yeah, he can be selfish and egotistical, but he can also be so sweet. Like yeah. he's the sweetest guy and I love just how emotional he gets in this episode when when he's about to say goodbye to her, he just goes, "No. I'm not going to let it end this way." And and I like how like the other people were like He's going to go and he's going to fall back in love with her and he's not going to want to leave and that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And I love how it's Tommy's idea to hit him over the head and tie him up with the rope. <laughs> well, I like that part because so one of my issues, quote unquote, with this movie or this uh, episode is um, uh, Don's character arc kind of doesn't do anything. So he, he shows up at the house while they are getting the stuff to go and kidnap Dick so they can take him. And they have like rope, a, a sack and a hammer and string cheese and string cheese. Cause she's very hungry. Obviously. <laughs> I like, love, I love that joke. I love that. How he's just like, yeah, okay, go, go on and have fun. Like, it's just weird to me. Cause she has legs up to her face. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Clearly that part was fun when they were trying to kidnap him back. Yep. Oh, and that's where you get the sacking, the betrothed sacking of the groom. Yeah, well, it's a Jewish tradition, right, yes. Scott? Yes. Is that what you had to do to Haley? Oh, no, is that what happened to you when, when you and Haley of got course. engaged? Yes, of course. Clearly. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, because you were faced. Wow. I was so drunk. <laughs> I wasn't there. You're lying. 
I don't know. Let's go on. <laughs> this, uh, took, this took a turn. This whole episode's taken a turn. Because it's a weird episode to talk it about. Is. It's such a fun episode, too. I really did like the the, the dream stuff. That was really cool. The, oh, uh, one thing in the dream that they brought back is they're afraid of Jello. Yeah. Because they're actually blob tubes. Yeah, you were explaining that to me while we were watching it because I didn't remember the... Like I said, the lore of, of Third Rock. Yeah, I mean, Bonnie and Terry Turner are good at doing jokes like that. So, like, in Coneheads the movie, Jane Curtin's character freaks out when she's in the grocery store and sees eggplants because okay. because she's got the conehead and she sees this thing. She just goes, eh, and then she picks it up and goes, eh, eh, <laughs> starts laughing. So, because the planet they come from, everyone is just this blob of gelatin knowledge in like, third rock right in third rock okay. when they're on earth and they see jello it looks like a dead body to them oh okay so they freak out that makes sense yes and yeah and part of dick's nightmare is he sees a wall of jello that like that was part of my fa- one of the things i really enjoyed watching this episode was like figuring out how they created these kind of low tech shots back in the day. Cause it was clearly, he was clearly composited in front of just like a blue screen, a blue screen with, and they just like tipped a thing of jello over. Like it was just a sheet of jello that they just tipped over, which yeah. was funny. And I love when he wakes up, they're like, what's wrong? And he's like jello everywhere. And they start freaking out. <laughs> they jump on the bed. No, Mary's in there. <laughs> so Tommy was your favorite character when you were little. Yeah. Like I said, I like, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to act like I like was a giant, giant fan of this show. But when I remember watching it, I, I identified most with him because he was my age. Type yes. Thing. Also, Tommy is so horny. Well, yeah, like There's everybody an- should be. He, <laughs> yeah, he tried to mac on his teacher again in this episode. I oh, assume yeah. that's a recurring thing. It is. So Brenda Strong plays the teacher. She was on Sports Night, Desperate Housewives, but like in the '90s when she would be on a sitcom or a TV show. She was always the sex pot. Like they always made her just this. She's either super horny and uses sex to manipulate men like she did on sports night, or she doesn't understand how beautiful she is like here. Mm -hmm. Like she understands that she is. I'm sure she understands it. She's just like a, 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 to her perspective, a teenager is soliciting her for sex. So obviously she's going to be like, thank you but no yeah she's very respectful that was my point she's so respectful he's like i'm i'm going to a different district do you want to take me up on my offer of ushering you into manhood (laughs) like that's so weird you cannot do jokes like that nowadays there there were several jokes you couldn't do jokes like that back then mary kay letourneau happened around this time oh okay well that's probably why they made the joke i mean like i feel like back then jokes were you could be more offensive a lot easier well, air quotes the opening joke of this episode yeah it's sexual harassment is man. is dick gets his uh x-ray glasses in the mail and he puts them on and he says nina why aren't you naked yeah and uh it's just interesting to me that like that's something that in today's me too culture would yeah. not be like approved by any sort of executive in well, any sense of in the, the dick like me episode he he doesn't see color like i guess them as aliens they don't see skin color okay um which they really never address and he says all you people look the same to me and they go whoa (laughs) and he goes what i don't see oh i guess you people see like different skin colors and mary goes 
aren't we lucky to have someone who doesn't see skin colors? Like, like she mocks him for it. And that entire episode is basically him saying, yeah, ethnicity is, it doesn't matter. Well, that's actually would make sense from their perspective because to them humans all we all look the same in terms of our right. physiology and biology and what I mean they so. come from a planet where everyone is a gelatin yeah. glob um, I guarantee you the gelatin globs find ways to be racist to each other though <laughs> that gelatin glob has a rock in him ooh don't don't touch don't trust the rock gelatins I don't know yeah well in that episode they also make the point of saying focusing on ethnicity and religion is probably why humanity hasn't evolved yeah that makes a lot of sense actually by focusing on like the minutia mm-hmm. you're not focusing on universal health ca- not universal health care but like curing diseases i'm i'm legitimately excited for the point in our history and i'm going to be long dead before it where we're no longer like when being in the human race is more important than being a part of a specific country or something right. like that uh i watch futurama and i get real like because it's earth president it's like like earth itself yeah i I feel like that's not going to happen until we get to a celestial scale or like a a universal scale of course Uh, you need that bigger enemy to fight because humanity is based around war right so on that note (laughs) so how many bagels (laughs) on a scale of one to 13 bagels one being shit and 13 being great i remember i remember our scale um i do that for the people who are tuning in for the first time yeah Yeah, well see oh you weren't gonna do it but i said yeah it's important i'm just kidding um i all right so if i was to leave in bagels for the writers because this is the writer's bagel basket i would probably take out I'm going to give this 10 bagels. Um, I have an issue with the cropping and that's mm-hmm. not like, that's not a knock on the show itself, which no, is that's almost film un- rise. It, that's a knock on film rise. Yeah, it's almost an unfair criticism of it, but <laughs> it's still a criticism. And I didn't, I, I was less of a fan of um, Tommy and uh, Harry's uh, dreams, dreams in general. They just looked not as specific to me that as the other ones so those are the three that i'm taking out perfect i was i'm doing 10 too nice um some of the jokes don't age well uh especially that opening joke uh demeaning nina that was my favorite joke (laughs) um i wanted more with don i always want more with don Mm -hmm. and sally like their interaction he, he does have that great line he's like when he's trying to catch this perp he goes He's my man. He's going to be mine and I'm going to get him. And she goes, but you still like girls, right? You bet. <laughs> you bet your ass, sugar. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, good. But that was like the weird thing I was saying. Like that plot, like what was the point of that plot? For him to say that he was a chicken so she would have a dream where he oh, is. Oh, okay, okay. Because she doesn't understand. Oh, okay, I missed that. I missed yeah. that line then. Um. So yeah. Um. And then the final bagel is, you know, this they didn't know if they were getting another season so they wrapped it up the ending was weird the ending was as if the series was ending Mm -hmm. so yeah that right there yeah they could have done something a little better but yeah so yeah this is the first episode for all of june we're we're just i'm being self-indulgent and picking the stuff i love so we're we got some great stuff coming up thanks what else are you doing um I'm doing two Sam Jackson movies. Okay. I'm doing The Long Kiss Goodnight, 
mm-hmm. which is basically Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's what you had said. Yeah, to me. <laughs> hey, want to watch a movie where uh, Sam Jackson helps a woman who has amnesia and has s- special abilities figure out who she is? Yeah, it's called Captain Marvel. It's also called The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, uh, we're doing Shaft, and then uh, we might do some other stuff too. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I am so glad you're here. Oh yeah. Well, thanks for having me back. It's always fun to to pop in and and give my opinion on some. Uh, old stuff you're like when sean hunter would show up on girl meets world <laughs> i never watched enough of girl meets world but i, I see had what you're to saying. stop as soon as he showed up that's what i was waiting for mm-hmm. and i was like this is a kid show for like teenage girls i can't watch this <laughs> yeah i you know actually it was around that because he shows up for like the christmas episode right yeah yeah that's about the time i stopped too because it was just like I'm an adult. Yeah, and rewatching Boy Meets World, this is probably a nostalgic thing because, like, rewatching Boy Meets World, it doesn't feel like it's specifically aimed at kids, but right. I mean, it clearly is. But I think that just the the tone and style of children's television has changed so much. Oh, totally, like, totally. You can't do the thing, and it was Disney, right? I think or Boy a- Meets World was ABC. ABC, yeah, but like ABC back then that show had like some risque stuff like with Sean drinking and and that type of stuff. And you really don't see, I I don't watch kids TV shows anymore. I don't think they do things of that like very special. No, no, no. Writer's bagel basket um, level stuff. I don't think they do that anymore. Yeah. That crazy stuff. They would never do um, uh, Fresh Prince's uh, dad episode. Right. Right. It's like someone left the milk out. Exactly. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we might be doing some extra stuff. If we have extra time today, if you have extra time today, mm-hmm. we might record another one. Yeah. We might not. Well, we got a couple on the docket for today, don't we? Or do you have a, do you have a special one planned for me that I'm not aware of? No, no. But we do want to get lunch. Yeah, that's so, true. That's true. Fair. So, so we might get lunch instead of recording another episode. We'll see. So yeah, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Dwight Stearns. Bye. Bye. Bye.